Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Joining us now is Dr. Kathy Cook, founder and president of Celebrate Kids and co-founder of Ignite the Family. She's influenced hundreds of thousands of parents, teachers, and children all over the world, including my own family. Uh, Kathy, thanks so much for joining us today. You and I have known each other for a few years, and I'm so thankful for the work that you do. And I want our audience to know more and more about what you do as well. Thank you. I'm honored to be here for sure. We've read your books. I, we watch your videos. Uh, I, I call you and text you because you have wisdom that I need as a father of six kids and soon to be a grandfather of uh, a whole bunch more kids. Uh, what compelled you to get involved in children's ministry and particularly education? You know, I was raised well. My brother and I come from a great family, multi-generational family, really close to grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins. And we were educated well. And I was sad when I discovered that not every child was celebrated. I think kids should be celebrated for who they are and not just for what they do. I think there's a richness to the childhood experience. You know, childhood causes adulthood. Today matters greatly because we become who we are because of how we're influenced in the developmental years. And I really wanted to honor Deuteronomy, which declares that a parent ought to educate the children. And that's what we're all about at Celebrate Kids. Childhood causes adulthood. I, I, I love that. What kind of a child were you growing up? And did that affect your desire to go into education? Well, that's a great question. Um, yes, I was, I was a nerd. My brother and I are both um, learners. We love to study and to learn, to be honest with you. When I was a young child, our teacher took us on a pretend field trip to Hawaii. So it was the middle of a winter blizzard in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. And we packed a little suitcase and took it to school. We turned the library into the beach scene and we pretended to be in Hawaii. <laughs> um, we sent little um, postcards home to our parents having a great time. And it was educationally sound. We figured out how many miles it was between Wauwatosa, Wisconsin and Honolulu, Hawaii. We learned a lot and I had a really good time and I figured out that that teacher was getting paid to do that and I wanted to do that too. How fun. Yeah. Now, you actually have been a school teacher and you also are a big advocate for homeschooling. And homeschooling is uh, taking the country by storm. Uh, it's, it's quadrupled the number of families, I believe, in the last 10 years or so. And uh, half of that growth has just happened in the last couple of years since the pandemic. So what turned your focus to really be a champion for homeschooling? Partly because I'm a champion for the family. God ordained the family before he ordained the church. And we need to take that really seriously. I think parents have a responsibility to pass on their values and their likes and their dislikes as much as they possibly can. I think children need to be discipled in the things of the faith and the values of the family and patriotism and conservative values. Again, this is my bias. And that's more likely going to happen when we have our children at home where we have more concentrated intentional time with them. What would you say to parents who see their children being discipled by government-led schools that are undermining their faith and undermining the values that they want their kids 
to grow up with? Would you tell them stop and pull them out? I would certainly encourage them to think about that. And you're right to use the word discipled. Even in the public schools, we are watching our children being discipled by a system. There are values there that are going to be passed on. If you choose to put your children in that system, I would hope that you would be very intentional in the evening and on the weekend to, if you will, um, teach what you value and make sure that your children have a way of respecting the educator and also respecting you and what you stand for. But it becomes increasingly difficult the older the kids get. And pulling them from that system, I think, is the wiser thing to do. And, and you know, Kirk, we all, all people can homeschool if they choose to be full of effort, full of love, and full of the right attitudes. It is possible to do it. Kathy, can you give families reasons why they should consider homeschooling? I would love to. One main reason, again, is to pass on your values. A second reason is sibling relationships. I think that children get to know each other really well and can develop a compassion and empathy for each other. They can celebrate the victories of a sibling and have compassion when a, when a younger or older sibling doesn't do as well. I think grandparents tend to get involved, which I think is rich. I also love the idea that you can individualize instruction according to your children's needs. You know, teachers in the system have, you know, anywhere from 10 to 30 kids, and it's impossible for those teachers to consider that your child wants to learn how to fly a plane or wants to be a vet. But if you know that about your sons and daughters, then you can individualize instruction and make sure that they're motivated and inspired to love learning, which is a point of education. You, you know, all of this sounds so exciting. My kids want to fly a plane or they want to be a vet or they want to be a, a, a rock star. And, and homeschooling provides opportunities for this. But what about the fear in the back of every parent's mind that says, wait a minute, I, I, I'm not qualified to teach history and science and ma won't my kids fall behind in education? I could actually ruin their future if I homeschool these kids the wrong way. Legitimate questions and probably every homeschooling mom and dad have asked those questions. What I believe is that on your worst day, you are your child's best teacher. And that's because mm. you love them more than anyone ever will and you know them better than anyone ever will. And you are called by the God of the Bible to parent and to inspire and to delight them. You can learn along with them. I would be a wiser woman if I was homeschooling children. You know, you as a parent, you don't need to know the length of the Mississippi River right now because you don't have a test on Tuesday. <laughs> so don't be judging, you know, whether or not you're smart enough. Of course you are, as long as you're willing to learn along with your kids. And that's another beauty of home educating children. You can do it as a family and everybody gets wiser for it. If we send our children to Caesar to be educated, we shouldn't be surprised when they come back Romans. And we have an opportunity Thanks. to head that off and get them on the right path if we want to see a, a healthy and blessed future for our kids. That's exactly right. You know, Kirk, the system is very different from when you and I were in it. And so that, that's why many of us are concerned about what that uh, system is doing to the heart, mind, soul, and spirit of children, and even the families, because children influence their parents. The, the family tree, if you will, uh, goes in both directions. And so we do really need to be careful about that. Well, in, in just a minute, when we come back from the break, I want to talk about um, eight great smarts. But uh, before we, we do that, I, I want to mention a, a quote from Noah Webster, the great statesman, uh, I believe it was, who said that education is so critically important, that education is even more important than the law and the gospel because it is the foundation for learning both of them. If we don't teach our kids who will, and if we don't decide what our children are being taught and how to learn, 
what things to consider important, then who will teach them those things and what will they teach them? One of the advantages of homeschooling our children is that there's no I'm ahead and I'm behind. You don't need to worry about you know, whether or not you have a fourth grader or a fifth grader and whether or not a nine-year-old should already be reading. No, we can individualize. And I think that also um, makes the education at home so much more fruitful because it's positive. We can talk about strengths and positive and not the negative, but absolutely, I think that's a fascinating quote. Learning does matter. It is our life. It is our life. I think one of the scariest things that I ever did was talk with my wife and together decide to uh, jump off the cliff and pull our children out of a traditional school format and begin homeschooling our kids. And I had all the fears that everybody else had, but after years of homeschooling our children and seeing what that did for sibling relationships, to see how that deepened our relationships with our children and the ability to emphasize and strengthen the values and the faith that we hold so dear, and now seeing the fruit in our adult children from the seeds that we planted when they were little littles reminds me that it was probably the best decision that Chelsea and I ever made as parents. Everybody hold on tight. We'll be right back with Dr. Kathy Cook to discuss how your child may be uniquely wired to learn. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Kathy Cook about homeschooling. Kathy, I'd like to discuss your book, Eight Great Smarts. I love that book. It is a book that my wife, Chelsea, and I have gone over and over, and it's helped us to better understand and relate to our kids. Uh, what, what made you decide to write Eight Great Smarts? Yeah, thank you, first of all, for the affirmation. I really appreciate that. Um, I've been always interested, even when I taught second graders, about how some children learn and why do some children uh, gain ground quickly? Why do they learn phonics quickly? Why is memorization not a problem? Why do other kids love to doodle and draw? Just really became interested and discovered through the work of Dr. Howard Gardner that we have one brain divided into eight parts, and when we honor the way children are created, and adults as well, then they're going to do better, and they'll have more joy, they'll have more success, they'll be more fulfilled, and it is the right thing to do. We're not all cookie cutters, we don't all learn the same way, and we need to honor that. Do you really believe that all children are smart and all children have the potential of being intelligent in their own way? I absolutely do. I think the wrong question is, am I smart? I like to tell children that stupid is their choice, but God did not make them that way. Uh, I think another question that is kind of an unhealthy bully playground question is, um, well, how smart are you? Which allows you to say, well, I'm smarter than you are. And all of us grew up with that. Either we said it or we heard it. But the better question is, how am I smart? And there's solid evidence that all of us are born with the capacity to develop all eight. Now, there can be things in utero that happen. There can be, you know, strokes and different things that would cause a part of the brain to atrophy or be uh, dysfunctional. But we have the capacity when we're created, because God is generous and good, to have eight different ways of being intelligent. And that allows us to become wise if we persevere, have self-control, self-respect, respect for others. There's the heart of character 
combining with uh, the brain, if you will. Both of those are really important. Wow, you, you've set this up so perfectly. We're all dying to know, what are the eight great smarts? What are the eight parts of the brain where we can be intelligent? Can you run through them for us? Word smart people think with words. When they're excited, they probably talk. Logic smart people think with questions. When they're excited, they ask more questions. And I mentioned those two first, only because they are what I call the school smarts, because what we do in traditional education all day long is read, write, speak, listen, ask and answer questions. Math and science, literature, spelling, writing become kind of core concepts. So children who have a lot of brain cells in those two feel smarter than other children, but the other children are also smart, and all of us have all eight. The third one is picture smart. We think with our eyes and we um, add to the pictures in our mind or on paper when we're excited. Number four is music smart. We think with rhythms and melodies. We may sing in tune and play more than one instrument. If you excite me, I will make music. Then we're also body smart. And body smart children think by movement and touch. And you know who they are because you tell them all day, you know, sit down, sit down, put that down, look at me. And these kids, when they're excited, move even more. And they might be athletes, they might be drummers, they might be the chiropractor who can flip you on the table and you stay on the table. <laughs> and, and then you were also nature smart, Kirk, and I know this is part of your smart because of your campfire program. Nature smart people love the outside rather than the inside. They think with patterns. That's how they know this is a bluebird, not a blue jay, because they have a memory for the pattern. They love to be outside. They do better at biology than at uh, physics. And then the last two are so interesting and so important. We're people smart, and people smart people think with other people. We brainstorm, we network, we collaborate. It's really what you and I are doing right now in conversation. And we're good at reading body language. And if you excite me, I want to talk to people. And then the, op the opposite of that, number eight, is self-smart. And self-smart children think deeply inside of themselves. They crave quiet, peace, privacy, and space. They can underperform in school because telling what they know is not their passion. Knowing what they know is their passion. And if they get excited, they want to spend time alone. And all of us have all eight of those. The earlier they're developed, the greater the chance they will be a strength for a lifetime. I bet people are having epiphanies right now and, and they're just saying, oh, you, 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 you just described me. You know, I've never felt smart. I, I was always told that, that maybe I was dumb or, or because of my, my, my grades, I was never viewed as an intelligent person. But I am smart. I'm just nature smart or I'm people smart or I'm, I'm body and music smart. This is so exciting, I think, not only for our children to discover these things, but for us as parents to recognize these things in our children and that God did make them uniquely intelligent and smart. And isn't it wonderful that God has such a diversity of human beings on the planet that what would, what would we all be like if everybody was just word smart and everybody just talked a lot? That would be exhausting. We need all the other kinds of smarts to round everything out. So I'm, I'm understanding you saying that um, each of us may have a primary uh, smart. Uh, I may be logic smart or maybe people smart, uh, but that we also have the potential of developing all eight of the smarts. What's the advantage of that? I think, you know, being well-rounded makes it easier for us to work in the world, right? Because there's all kinds of people, and we want to be able to relate well to all kinds of people, all kinds of problems to solve, which is why we're here, to make a difference in the world, um, to leave the world a better place. And so understanding how we're smart allows us to figure out our hobbies, the way that we'll serve the Lord, even careers and post-high school education matters, how we might serve on a committee at church. It's not important, Kirk, that we know for sure that this is my top and this is my bottom. I think in terms of top four, bottom four, 
before, and it helps us gravitate toward, like when I'm, in, when I'm stressed, I know that I will find more joy if I go to a strength of mine and operate there for a while. So knowing your strengths can be really a, a thing that helps you operate well in life. I hope that makes sense. It does make sense, and, and even as you're saying this, I'm processing, what kind of smart am I? How did God wire me to be intelligent, uh, to uniquely serve him in the world? Now, is it, is it possible uh, to sort of evolve or grow from one primary smart to another as you get older or in different seasons of your life? Or are you basically wired with this particular smart and that's it? The earlier that they're awakened, the greater the likelihood they will be a strength for a lifetime, which is why those first, you know, five to eight years of life are so important because exposing children to a variety of books, a variety of toys, a variety of experiences will awaken each of those different intelligences that are there. You know what? Children will cause a parent to develop an intelligence that they didn't have much of. My own niece, Betsy, is very nature smart. My brother and I were not really raised that way. She wanted a dog before we knew that she knew there were dogs. And we all became more nature smart because Betsy was allowed to have fish and a frog a dog and take horseback riding lessons. And so we, in our 20s and 30s, became smarter in those ways because of a young little girl. Help us as parents to, to know how do we identify the smarts in our kids? And when we identify those smarts in them, how can we affirm them in a way that causes our kids to, to flourish? They need to be known. And when you know how they're smart, and it helps you choose the activities, the games, the books, the assignments, again, as a homeschool parent, then they're gonna feel safer with you and that security of that safety right. helps them listen to you and believe you. So that's a real key for sure. You know, what do they do in their spare time? Do they read, write, color, play with their dog, look outside, talk to friends? What do they spend their money on? If they were given $20 as a birthday gift, what do they wanna buy? Here's another great way to figure out how we're smart, Kirk. What gets us into trouble? Do you talk too much? Do you gossip? Do you tease? Do you create problems for people to solve? Do you, you know, stare out the window at the butterfly and not get your assignment done? That would be a nature smart gone bad. We believe at Celebrate Kids that the, the, the negatives in our life are often, um, they often arise out of our strengths. Uh, too much of a good thing is not a good thing. So if I'm homeschooling my kids, what are some of the changes I might make in the way that I'm teaching them, knowing that they're this particular kind of smart? All children will benefit from drawing the definition of the words. Let's say that you're trying to teach apartment, condo, um, farm, barn, uh, house, duplex. All children will benefit from sketching very quickly the way that those buildings look. Picture smart people will especially benefit, but no child will be punished by doing that. So it's okay to have every kid in your family draw as a way of learning vocabulary. If you want children to memorize the Bible verses, not the Bible, don't tell kids to memorize the Bible. That's like so scary. Just we want you to memorize this verse. And they write it out by hand and they act it out and they become a drama queen and they make themselves act the truth of that verse. All children will benefit from that. When you watch one of your sons or daughters gravitate toward that and say, oh daddy, could I, could I act that out? That really helped me last night. When they figure out how they're smart, it's so empowering for them. Now they don't need us as much anymore, and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. 
I think um, buying different kinds of paper and pens, different kinds of books is a key. Going outside to practice vocabulary words, letting a kid shoot basketball uh, free throws or layups to practice definitions of words can actually help those of us who think well by moving. I could go on and on and on. It's one of the reasons to homeschool kids because they will be allowed in the freedom of your home to learn the way that God wired them to learn. And they will feel so much better about themselves. This is so exciting. This is liberating. This is empowering. I, I can think of my own children, and we have six of them. And uh, you know, Isabella, she if you, get, if you get her excited, she'll get out the unicycle, and she'll be riding around uh, the sidewalk <laughs> in the backyard, or she'll be swinging from a tree, or she'll be like, you know, sending notes on a pulley from this tree to that tree. Often in, uh, I, I think of a public school system, there are two smarts that count, word smart and logic smart. And while words and logic are critically important, why do you think traditional schools tend to emphasize those two above the other six? The system was designed before the smarts were understood. And the curriculum that's been written, my joke is the curriculum is written by people who live in two by four rooms without windows. Yeah. And they're not, write, they're not writing for people, they're writing for content. We don't teach content, we teach people. I don't teach science, I teach children. And I tell teachers, if you ever forget mm. that, quit your job. It has to be about the person who's in front of you. And, and that's the difference. The system is designed, turn the page, turn the page, hurry, hurry, here's another test. And I get that, I get that. I honor the people who have chosen to be there. I pray for them because 90% of our kids are still there. However, it is a reason people homeschool to pull them from a system that was dishonoring to the way that their children were created. Going back to homeschooling and the opportunities that it presents, how does homeschooling provide unique opportunities for children who are people smart and nature smart? Interesting question. You might wanna choose a co-op where you can meet every Monday with a bunch of kids and your kids can learn in small groups. But the people smart kids are gonna love the one-on-one -on -one attention from you. They're gonna get really good at reading your body language. They know how to push your buttons, which can be uh, evil or good depending upon their perspective and yours. Uh, I think nature smart again, going outside, going to the park, going to the botanical garden, going to the nature museum, letting your kids learn about sizes with acorns and worms and blades of grass and leaves rather than something that the curriculum said you should use that doesn't interest your kids. One of the best things about homeschooling the kids is you can individualize the assignment. So if you have a people smart child and she's supposed to choose someone to study from your state, don't let her choose a, you know, a boring person. Let her choose somebody who's really exciting. Nature smart people would rather study um, explorers than politicians. Logic smart children will want to study politicians. You and Chelsea figured it out. It's not hard. It's liberating. I love that you've said that. It really does result in great freedom. I'll be honest, there's days where you feel uh, like you're gonna lose your mind, but you know, what we discovered is that what's most important to us is we don't want to lose our children and their souls. We want the opportunity to mold them and to shape them and to guide them into adulthood and learning their smarts, the way that God made them intelligent, I think is bearing fruit now in their young adult life and I'm so thankful uh, that you taught this to us. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.